Chronicles of the Awakened, Arc 1, Chapter 5, Survivor's Guilt. Factor 12 was the name given to the original research facility built just five miles away from Naxum Mountain. Originally, the facility was created to test various technologies for the Alliance military. It was an underground center and much smaller than Naxum Mountain. While in the military, Lewis told me about all the weird things they were working on down there. I didn't believe most of it. He claimed they were working on a soldier enhancing program with various energy weapons. The only story I confirmed was that the military's interactive holographic matrix program originated there. The last story I heard about Factor 12 was when it was shut down just before Naxum Research opened. According to Lewis, the military was trying to create a soldier that could absorb any energy source and use it to increase his strength and agility, among other things. Lewis claimed that all humans could do this, and we had a power inside of us that could be awakened. And that's what they called it, the Awaken Project. The facility was shut down after the project failed. Supposedly, they took five soldiers to use as test subjects. All but one died, and the one that survived went on a rampage. Lewis said the facility was sealed to keep the soldier from escaping, and after he had killed everyone, his body exploded, destroying most of the facility inside. Of course, the military denied any of this, and it just became a rumor. It was well known that the military tried a number of things to keep the tide of the war turning in their favor. I guess in the end, it was not so much that I couldn't believe it, but that it just didn't matter anymore. When Naxum came online, Factor 12 was sealed and could only be opened by specific personnel with a high security clearance. What Claire was telling me was that someone had opened the old center and was using it as a backup bunker. I still could not remember anyone named Richter or why the military would send him to collect Clara. What weighed most heavily on my mind was the fact that she was out there fighting to survive while I was trapped beneath Naxum. I hated the feeling that was coming over me. I'd rather she had died instantly than to be subjected to what she was telling me. By the feelings I could feel coming from her, I knew her story was far from over. I, I didn't feel anything, David. The light had blinded me and then nothing. After a while, I could feel someone pulling at me, but it was like being awakened from a deep sleep. Slowly I could hear him calling to me. It was a Richter. I opened my eyes and he had pulled me from the vehicle. As soon as my vision cleared, I looked up in the sky. David, it was horrible. The meteor had shattered and thousands of pieces were hurling down towards Earth. When the meteor was struck, our sensors went offline. We lost all communications and could not speak to the outside world. By this time, we had been confined to quarters as many of the men and women there demanded to know what had happened. I knew exactly what had happened. One of the scientists was a friend of mine and told me about the energy blast in space headed towards the meteor. Unfortunately, that information came too late. By then, I had no way to reach Clara or anyone else. Angry and distraught, I could only think about Clara 
and what I had left her to. Many of the others did not know what had happened, but were able to guess. Some were grieving, knowing their loved ones were dead. Others were angry at the military for keeping them in the dark. We sat locked in our rooms for over 12 hours. When the door to the room finally opened, many of the soldiers rushed to the door, ready to attack whoever was to come through. In an instant, the room went from a loud ruckus to a dead silence. I stood up from my bunk to see everyone just standing still, staring towards the door. I stood up to see who it was. That's when I saw General Davalos. Richter helped me to my feet. The vehicle had spung off the road into a ditch. I must have been knocked out. My head was killing me. Richter put my arm around him and we began walking out into a large field. It was then that I remembered the driver and turned to look back for him. I could see him slumped over the steering wheel. Richter just looked at me and then continued on towards the middle of the field. I didn't know where he was taking me. I didn't see any doorway or opening to a bunker. In the center of the field was a large boulder. Richter stopped just in front of it and asked me if I could stand. I nodded and looked up towards the sky. It was like something out of the Bible, David. Pieces of the meteor were streaming through the skies like shooting stars. I could see the smoke and fire in the distance. I knew millions if not more would lose their lives, and I did not know why. Then. There were my thoughts of you and what was going through your mind. In my heart, I believed you were safe, but I could not be sure. I wanted so much to run back and try to get to you again. Richter screamed my name, startling out of, well, I don't even know what happened. I looked at him and for the first time saw a look of fear in his eyes. Then I saw it in the reflection of his pupils. A fragment of meteor had hit the facility. I spun around screaming out to you. The impact caused a blast wave that was heading towards us. Richter was yelling something, but I couldn't hear him. I felt him pull on me and I fell backwards. Only then I realized the boulder was the entrance to the bunker. Inside, Richter pressed a button on the wall, sealing the door. I could hear the wave blow by and fell down to my knees crying. I thought you had been killed, David. The impact was directly on the entrance. I just sat there crying, wishing I was with you. Then I felt Richter's hand on my shoulder. He whispered to me that he was sorry, but we were not safe yet. I was caught between two memories, my own and the one Clara was showing me. Everything she felt, I felt. I was drowning, unable to separate them. Her thoughts were intertwined with mine as if she was accessing them reading my memories while I was watching hers. That day the meteor fell, everything changed. Clara and I were less than a mile from each other. We believed each other dead, and we were both going through hell. Victor helped me to my feet. I could barely stand. My will to live had been taken from me in that blast. Even the part of me that hoped you had survived was pushed down with the thoughts that even if you did, we would never be able to see each other again. What I saw outside in that sky was the beginning of the end. What I saw when that piece struck the mountain was the end. There was not much said as Richter led me down a small set of stairs to a large elevator door. He pressed the red button 
and a voice came over the speaker above our heads. The voice was from a man. He sounded young and frightened. His voice was trembling as he asked us to identify ourselves. Richter gave his name and service number. Immediately, the young man's voice changed to one of relief. The doors to the elevator opened and we stepped inside. There were no buttons to press there. The elevator began to descend on its own. After a few moments, Richter began talking to me. I I'm truly sorry, Richter said softly. You need to know something. You need to know the truth of what I did. I didn't understand what he was getting at, but his tone, it was as if he was guilty for what had happened. He looked at me like a prisoner repenting for his sins before execution. I don't remember saying anything to him. I was still in shock and my mind was not right. After a pause, he swallowed deeply and started talking again. General Davalos was made head of Naxim Research soon after it opened. The job was to have gone to General Pierce, who was head of Factor 12. The official story was that Pierce retired, but Lewis believes he was forced out because of the incident with the Awakened Project. The letter I knew of the general was that he was a war hero and a scientific genius. Most people believe it is impossible to be strong and as smart as General Davalos was, but he was living proof that they were wrong. He did not look like a scientist, tall and built like a tank with a square jaw. He was almost action figure like in his appearance. He spoke like a commander in the heat of battle, but every word he spoke was well thought out. It was him and his team that helped to discover the new energy source and was tasked by President Gardner to work on the Global Science Initiative. General Davalos respectfully turned it down, wanting to return to his work with the military. I only personally talked to the general twice, once when I began my job at Naxim. The second was after Clara Parents died. He took notice of my distraught and spoke to me for almost an hour. I respected him for that and looked upon him kindly ever since. Pretty much everyone respected General Davalos, except a few that were loyal to Pierce. They were soon sent packing. When I saw the general walk through the door, I no longer respected him. He knew what was happening and would have had to sign off on it and on keeping everyone in the dock about what was going on. Everyone else was trying their hardest to respect the man in the chain of command. I didn't care anymore. You coward! I yelled, rushing towards him from my bunk. You knew they would die and you did nothing. Said nothing. We could have saved them. A group of soldiers held me back, but I could see they did so reluctantly. It was then that I noticed he had come alone. There were no military police or guards of any kind. The barracks had cameras, and he would have known how angry we all were, and yet... He came down there to address us alone. The general just looked at me and then panned over the crowd. I am not going to blame what happened on the global command, General Davalos said sternly. The meteor the science teams were tracking was on a collision course with Earth. The order was given to secure specific citizens and personnel in the bunkers. This was kept from all of you as well as the public. This facility can only hold a specific number of human beings. Therefore, we were unable to bring anyone else into the facility. What you need to know is the meteor's course was changed. As of yet, we do not know who is responsible. 
but we do know it was none of the other remaining factions on Earth. Just as the meteor entered Earth's orbit, it was struck with something powerful enough to shatter it. However, the blast only broke the meteor into smaller pieces, which rained down upon the Earth, causing massive damage and casualties. One of the pieces struck the facility, trapping us inside. We have teams working on a secondary exit, but we need your help. So you have two choices. Stay here and think about what you have lost, or help us dig our way out so we can avenge those who were killed. General Davalos was always the one to tell you how it was and expected you to accept the consequences. I'm sure many of the people there wanted to stay in their bunks and grieve, but we were all soldiers, and as such you fight first and grieve later. It was not as easy as that. It never is. But that is what we did. Nobody stayed behind. We had a job to do, and that would have to keep our sadness at bay. Once the job was done, it would be hatred and anger that would take over. Just as Victor was about to speak, the elevator came to a stop and the door opened. I stared ahead in disbelief of what I was seeing. There were all these military families, our neighbors, David. They were all huddled in a small storage room. The young man ran up to the elevator and he looked no older than 19. He saluted Victor and nodded at me. The room was small, no bigger than our living room. At the far end of the room was a massive steel door. At first I thought that they were waiting for us before they would go further in. Richter could see by the look on my face that I had many questions and turned to him to answer them. First, I want to apologize for lying to you, Richter said. I am, was, with Naxum Research. My name is Captain Richter Dixon. I was transferred to work under General Davalos, head of Naxim Research, only a few weeks ago. I will cut to the chase. We knew about the meteor's change of course, and measures were taken to preserve human life, but only specific people. You and your families of the military personnel of Naxim Research were not among them. I fought and eventually pleaded with command to do something, but they rejected every proposal. Once it was clear nothing would be done, I took it upon myself to save as many people as I could. I found the records on this facility and used my access to gain entrance, and then I began rounding up the families. You have to understand, once your husband entered Naxum, he could not leave. They told him nothing and kept him in the dark. Only now he is realizing what happened, and most likely believes that you are dead. This facility is far enough underground that it would protect us from any further impact. But that's all it can provide. I did not have time to gather many supplies, and this room is the furthest we can go. That blast door ahead of us has been sealed and cannot be opened. There was an experiment that went wrong and contaminated the entire facility. We are safe from it here, but this is all we got. There may be hope, since it appears the meteor was broken apart. But that hit at Naxa Mountain created a blast wave that has caused some unknown damage. In a few hours, I will take the elevator up and see if we can leave. I couldn't believe what he was telling me. After the service the men and women of the military had given, all the lives lost in the war, all the sacrifices made by their families, 
In that moment, I hated the military, the government, everyone. You had told me so many stories about your time in the service and what had happened to your country, your grandparents, your parents. I understood it would be impossible to save everyone, but what they did was inexcusable. I felt faint. Richter led me over to a crate to sit down. Him and the young soldier began talking. I could hear every word. There were not enough supplies to sustain everyone for very long. It was estimated that if we were not able to get to the surface within a few weeks, we would run out of food and water. I was already prepared to die, but I didn't want to die like that. Thinking about all the people brought down there just to die of hunger and thirst brought another question to my mind. Why the charade? Clara yelled out to Richter. You called me up and told me a story. Then you picked me up and took me to Naxum. Why? Why didn't you just tell me the truth? Because I know what can happen when someone with family attachments find out they are in danger, Richter said, turning towards Clara. I did not begin my plan with the best intentions. Originally, this bunker was to be only for myself and my wife. When I told her the truth, she wanted to try and save her family. I told her she would never make it to them and that we had to go. She cursed me and ran off to them. I knew she would never make it, but I couldn't go with her. It was then that I decided to save who I could and gathered the list of families. As you can see, not everyone listened to me. I had to wait until everyone was deployed or it would never work. I knew I would be separating families, but there was no other way. You were the last one, and I went to Naxim hoping to gather more people, but by then the crowd was in a frenzy. You were out of time, and now we're all that's left. There was so much more that I wanted to know, but I didn't have the heart to continue asking. Over the next few hours, I spoke with the families that were there, 26 people in all. We talked about our spouses and how we hoped that they were okay. We tried to comfort each other, and when that failed, we cried in each other's arms. I prayed that you had someone to support you. I knew about your friend Jonathan at Naxum. Thinking about him, I was jealous. His wife worked at Naxum as well, so at least they were together. Hours had passed and it was so quiet. Richter and a young soldier took the elevator up to the surface. The families came together hoping it would be safe to leave. They were gone less than 10 minutes. They returned to give us the news. The entrance door would not be opened and they believed something on the other side had blocked the exit. Everyone started shouting questions. Many of them were screaming, crying, ready to give up. In the midst of our panic, the entire room began to shake. It felt like a bomb had exploded above us. Everybody was in a panic. Victor and the young soldier were trying to calm us down. The shaking continued and we thought it would never stop. Victor had everyone duck behind a group of metal crates near the door. The young soldier was walking over to the elevator when there was an explosion. It was only then that I learned the soldier's name. Barry. Richter screamed his name as he ran out over to him. He was lying underneath one of the elevator doors that had been blasted from the shaft. I could see the elevator shaft had collapsed. 
There was metal and rock spread out from the elevator. Some of the families got up to help dig Barry out. He was seriously injured. We knew there was no escape now. That room was to become our grave. I understood what was happening. We were both sharing our memories of our time after the meteor fell, simultaneously. I could feel and see everything that she did, and vice versa. Though I did not speak a word, she understood everything about what was happening to me. As I watched Clara and the others dig Barry out, I could not help but think about my own trials in our digging our way out of Naxum. My thoughts about my own past came to an end. Everything around me faded into darkness. For a moment, I believed that was it, but I could still feel a deep pain inside and it was not mine. As the darkness began to fade, I could see Clara and Richter huddled over Barry. Behind them in the corner were several bodies wrapped in cloth. The intensity of emotions coming from Clara was stronger than ever. I knew we had reached the point she most wanted to spare me from. Over the next 143 days, we lost all 26 of the people with us in the bunker. At first, we did not know why, but soon, Richter discovered the reason, and one night while we were watching over Barry, he told me the truth. Richter, why are we still alive? Clara asked. That radiation, it killed everyone else. Barry had several broken bones, and yet he outlived everyone. How is that possible? I only knew it as radiation at the time. The symptoms began about 30 days after we arrived. At first, we believed the cause was a small amount of food and water we were able to consume. We had basic medical equipment, and Richter found a scanning device in one of the crates. He spent the next week running tests. As more and more people became ill, he had no choice but to give us the results. He told us the military was working on new energy sources and that one must have been damaged after the quake. He believed it was leaking radiation and that somehow it was bleeding into our area. By then, there was not much more you could tell anyone to scare them any further. To us, it was just another way to die. Over the next 100 days, I watched each one of them die and yet I nor Barry or Richter developed any of the symptoms. Soon people began to wonder why we were immune, but by then they were far too weak to even protest. It was a horrible death, David. Something I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. A part of me wanted to die with them. I was tired. I just wanted to let go. I immunized you, Richter said. What happened to the others was not radiation per se. There was an incident years ago that closed the facility. The military did experiments on humans and energy, and one of the test subjects developed abilities. He was able to absorb energy and use it to augment his natural abilities, but it had a side effect. He would secrete a biotoxin from his pores, which was deadly to humans. It would cause symptoms similar to radiation poisoning. In the end, the toxin affected his mind and he attacked everyone in the facility. The government locked it down, trapping everyone inside. 
Eventually, he killed everyone without any food or energy sources. He eventually died. The government sent a recovery team, but discovered that the toxin was even more powerful after his death. Not even their hazard suits would protect them. Only a year ago, the Naxim scientists were able to create a serum that would protect the body from the toxin. However, when they were about to begin salvage operations, they discovered no trace elements of the toxin. They were going to begin recovery procedures here next week. I believed it was safe, but just in case, I brought along an injection of the serum. It was for my wife. Barry and I were already immunized, but by the time my wife left, it was too late to retrieve any more. I hoped their findings were correct, but I was wrong. You only had one person you could save? Clara gasped. And you picked me? Victor confessed that he had fallen in love with me soon after we arrived. He felt horrible for his feelings. He told me about his wife and I told him about you, David. You have to understand. I knew we were going to die, and I was weak. I needed so badly to feel someone was with me in those final days. Two nights later, Barry died. By then we had run out of food and water, and I knew it would only be a matter of time. I could barely move. Our energy cells were depleted and had to huddle together for warmth. Clara showed me her final moments. She was slumped over, her head on Richter's chest, his arms around her. It pained me to see her like that, not just the suffering, but also that I was not there. Clara's pain was at its strongest. Without saying a word, she was apologizing to me through her emotions. I wanted to turn away, but there was nothing to turn to. I was there, forced to bear witness to the death of the woman I loved, in another man's arms. It was so cold, and I did not have the strength to move. I could barely feel Richter's heartbeat as my own slowed to a crawl. I closed my eyes and prayed that death would come soon because I just couldn't take it anymore. The smell of death was overpowering. To me, there was no hell worse than that. The silence was broken by a whisper. It was Richter. He was trying to tell me something. I'm sorry, Clara, Richter said softly. I began all of this for selfish reasons, and then was ill-prepared. You could have died instantly in that strike, but I brought you down here to die a slow, agonizing death. I joined the military because I wanted to end all suffering, and at my end, all I did was cause more. My wife was right to leave me. Don't say that, Richter, Clara choked out. You gave us hope and did everything you could. You're not at fault for this. Victor remained silent for several minutes. For a time, I had believed they had died until I finally felt him take a deep breath. His arms tightened around me. I wanted to say something, but I could not find the words. I, 
I know you don't love me, Richter said. You gave your heart to, to David, and I wish I could have been as strong as you. I still love my wife, but I have come to love you as well. You don't have to say anything, Clara. I just wanted you to hear it from me. I want my last words to be, I love you. Victor was drawing his last breaths, and mine were soon to follow. I could have remained silent. I wanted to, but I didn't. He had done so much for me, for everyone. We had all lost so much and my feelings for him, while nothing like the love I have for you, were still strong. I... David... Clara slowly stammered out. I love you, too. Victor. The memory that Clara showed me did not fade into the darkness. It shattered into a bright nothingness. I felt her presence leave me and was left cold and hollowed inside. My vision cleared, and as the light faded, I found myself back up until what I thought at that moment still was heaven. Clara sat on her knees, crying into her hands. The skies above had darkened, and the cold I felt when Clara left me was mimicked by the weather. I wanted to walk over to her to comfort her, but I did not. Everything that I believed was taken from me. I wish she had never shown me her memories. Knowing the truth, I was afraid I would never be able to accept where I was as heaven. For the last two years, I had wanted nothing more than to be with Clara. Now, all I wanted was to be alone. Next week, Chapter 6.